internet? Welcome to Film Theory, a show that's coming to you live from the back rooms. Why? Because I have no idea how to get out of here. Internet speed's good though, and the moist carpet water is, uh, it's not the best I've ever had, but you know, it'll do. Wait, what was that noise? For all of you who are uninitiated, the monotone misery that is the backrooms began back in 2019 when this image was posted to a 4chan board dedicated to unsettling images. Just an ugly series of rooms, right? No big deal. Well, it came packaged with the following text, quote, If you're not careful and you no-clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the backrooms, where it's nothing but the stink of old, moist carpet, the madness of mono-yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum humbug and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure heard you. This post immediately got under people's skin. That endless series of mild annoyances that make you feel squeaky and uncomfortable. Slightly wet socks, a faint electric buzz, harsh lighting, ugly wallpaper. In short, it is mundane horror. An oppressive monotony that slowly wears you down, mentally and physically. That miserable setting inspired lots of online artists to write their own independent creepypastas, even creating a short video game where you explore the space. But here in 2022, The Backrooms has suddenly exploded in popularity thanks to a new series by VFX artist Kane Pixels, who has taken the basic concept and started to build a full-on world around it. And you know what that means. LORE! Kane's first Backrooms short film takes place in, uh, well, <laughs> already we hit a bit of a snag. The slate says July 4th, 1990-something, but the description of the video actually has September 23rd, 1996. Anyway, this is probably just because it was the first video in the series. Dates become much clearer as the world gets more and more developed. Things start off instantly when a cameraman, fittingly enough named Kane, tries to set up a wide shot and immediately falls through the ground, literally no clipping through reality, only to wind up in the dank and deserted world full of humming fluorescent lights, retro carpeting, yellow walls, endless corridors, and monsters that, at least at first glance, remind me of walking tripods. Our cameraman wanders around trying to find an escape. Along the way, he finds some interesting landmarks hidden amongst the endless walls, but ultimately he's caught and presumably killed by the weird fungi monster? It's short, it's simple, it's effective. Since the massive success of that first Backrooms video, Kane has been busy expanding the world with other shorts, like The Third Test, First Contact, and Missing Persons, as well as making the accompanying Collateral.mov and March 11th, 1990 Archive.tar, which are both hidden in the descriptions of the various videos. From all of them, we ultimately learned that The Backrooms was an experiment designed by a company named Async to solve space issues, providing near-limitless room for both storage and housing in an effort shrinking world. Where it all went wrong though remains to be seen. But what I want to focus on today isn't the where and the why, but rather the how. How to survive. In the fourth video of the main series, we see that since accessing the back rooms in 1989, missing persons reports have been skyrocketing, as more and more people fall out of reality never to return. So if that were you, what do you do? How do you navigate a seemingly endless maze with limited resources long enough to potentially figure out this mysterious world? How do you avoid an unknown monster that roams the hall? What mistakes do we see Kane make in his exploration of the back rooms, and what could we do better? Pay attention, friends, because today I have the definitive list of six tactics that might just save your life the next time you no-clip out of reality into an ugly yellow nightmare. In Collateral.mov, we learned that in 1989, tests by the Async Foundation caused a massive earthquake that took place in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So, is the facility in the mountains? Are you at the top of a mountain and need to go down? Are you under the mountain and you need to go up? Are you in the upside down and you need to get un 
upside down in. It's unclear at best. All we know is that in one moment we were filming with friends and in the next we're here. So once you land in the back rooms, the first thing that you need to do is take the advice of the US Forest Service, which suggests that when you get lost in the woods or a cave, you do not move at all unless you have a specific reason to take a step. Basically, you sit down, you don't panic, you assess the situation and the tools that you have at your disposal, and you stay where you are. You ended up at this location for a reason. Maybe this is an entry point for other people, and someone else will no-clip in. Maybe people will wind up looking for you, and by moving, you throw off their tracking. In short, by panicking, running, and moving forward without a clear plan of attack, you are only succeeding in getting yourself more and more lost. Eventually, though, you will need to move. And this was Kane's first mistake. He had no plan. He just wandered aimlessly and headed towards whatever looked interesting. This meant that, when he started getting chased by the back rooms as monster, he had no idea of his surroundings and wound up meeting a dead end. Figuratively. Or, I, I guess it would be literal. Huh. Anyway, proper grammar aside, we're in a repetitive maze, we're looking for an exit, and we need a way to track our movements. And for that, we need to use a maze-solving algorithm. An automated, strategic way for solving the maze with no prior knowledge of it. Our first strategy should be using the wall follower technique, also known as the right hand rule. This is one that I think a lot of people have heard of, but maybe don't understand the actual mechanics of. Basically, it's a tried and true maze escaping method that involves running your right hand along a wall while you navigate the maze. You see, mazes, in their simplest terms, are just shapes that you're trapped inside. So you, as the maze solver, need to find the outermost wall and the hole that's presumably in it. Many mazes are what's known as simply connected, i.e. all the walls are connected together to the maze's outer boundary. As such, if you were to unwind the maze, it basically amounts to one big circle with an entrance hole and an exit hole. So by keeping your hand locked to one wall and following it all the way through, you follow the outline of that circular path and you either find the exit, congratulations, you survive, or you wind up looping back to where you first started. Well, that's certainly not ideal, it is helpful. Because it tells us that the maze isn't simply constructed, but rather it's what's known as a disjoint maze. One where the walls aren't always connected to the outer boundary. In the video First Contact, we actually get confirmation that this is what we're dealing with with the back rooms. We see a map that confirms that the back rooms is a disjoint maze. Notice that there are multiple chunks of wall here that don't seem to connect to the outside line. But just because we're in a more complicated maze doesn't mean that we're out of options. First and foremost, if Kane was able to bring his camera with him into the back rooms, then his other belongings have no clipped with him as well. Specifically, things on his body like keys and clothes. And this immediately puts us at a huge advantage. If you have something like keys or a belt, you should immediately mark your starting location on the wall, and then run those keys or belts or whatever against the wall to leave indentations or markings. You can scuff the walls with your shoes, you can peel the wallpaper, you can pull a Hansel and Gretel and rip pieces of your clothing off to use as breadcrumbs, you can write arrows and notes to yourself on the walls, which we know can be done since there are markings throughout the maze left by other people. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
This way, when our right-hand method results in us doubling back to where we began, we have a clear indication of which walls we followed and which ones we didn't. And if the walls do happen to be somehow supernatural and can't be marked by you, then the ceiling tiles are another option here. You see, the ceilings of the back rooms appear to be a specific type known as a drop ceiling, or suspended ceiling, which is common in office environments where lightweight foam panels hang a few inches below the main structural ceiling, hiding things like wires and support beams. By throwing a shoe to break or knock down tiles, you're able to mark your progress in all the areas that you've been. Bit by bit, you eliminate the hallways that you've tracked and systematically work your way to the outer edges of the maze. One other strategy to help with this in a disjoint maze setup like the back rooms is the pledge algorithm. Here, you travel in a set direction. Let's say you walk forward until you hit an obstacle. From there, you put your right hand on the wall and you start walking around the obstacle, counting the angles that you're turning. Clockwise turns are positive, counterclockwise turns are negative. Once you start facing the original direction that you're meant to move, again, and the sum of your turns is zero, you leave the obstacle and you continue moving in your original direction. This ultimately gets you off the disjoints faster, leading you to the outer wall of the maze and eventually to the exit. Right now, all you seasoned back rumors are probably laughing at me and saying, silly Pat, the back rooms are an endless void of death and despair that'll cause you to slowly lose your mind. To which I say, joke's on you, I lost my mind years ago. I'm not gonna let a funky smell and series of yellow rooms defeat me. Plus, I'm not convinced that this thing is actually infinite or unfair unpredictable. Like I said, in this new Kane Pixel series, we see a map of the place. We also see async employees able to walk through the back rooms using a long red line, presumably as a way to lead them back to the entrance door. So all of that is just trying our best to find an exit, but there's still one more important variable here that we have to consider. The monster that's looking to rip our body in half to use as human nunchucks. And this is again where a systematic approach to the maze will be our first line of defense. The last thing that we want is to wind up in a dead end, and the best thing that we can do to avoid that is to use the confusing layout to our advantage. Ideally, we're able to lead this monster to a disjoint, a section of the maze that we already know loops back around on itself. This gives us two simultaneous benefits. First and most importantly, we don't get lost while still allowing us to use the narrow hallways and looping structure to escape the sight lines of the monster. Instead of taking a straight path where the creature can easily track and follow us, you instead make tight turns in an effort to make yourself disappear behind a series of walls as quickly as possible. This sequence of repeated doors that Kane has chased through provides an excellent example. By dodging and weaving instead of taking a straight path, he should be able to make himself disappear fairly quickly. The other benefit of using a big disjoint to escape this thing, though, is that we can then try to loop back around behind the monster to follow it. Obviously, your first priority is going to be avoiding this thing until you have a better sense of what it is and what it can do, but by leading it to a chunk of maze that you know will allow you to double back around it, you'll be able to sneakily gather information much more quickly. And who knows, these things presumably know the layout of the maze, so by following them, they may be able to provide another resource for finding the way out. I suppose you could try to fight it, or try to trap it with a rope, or drag it into a null zone, which you wouldn't even know about. But honestly, is confronting this thing actually going to help you survive? Probably not. Focus on escape and defense as your first priority. Once all that's settled, you've created a system that actually works, you've learned that the walls don't magically change every 30 minutes, start grabbing whatever you can find. In the Backrooms video, Kane blatantly ignores a lot of potentially useful supplies. For instance, that ladder right there that's used to get into the crawl space? Grab it and carry it around. Even better, try to use it to get into the ceiling grid. Remember what I said about suspended ceilings? That it hangs below what the real top of the room is? Well, often, walls only go as high as the dropped ceiling height. As such, once you're in the ceiling, you're not only hidden from the ground-based monsters, but you also have a wide-open path to the outer edge of the maze, unobstructed by any walls. Heck, you might even be able to find some electrical wires from the fluorescent lights that you can then follow, which again, should presumably be leading you out of the facility. Also, if you come across some rope in a dumpster, you don't walk 
past it, you check out what's inside the dumpster, and you take the rope. You take what the world gives you because you might not ever come across it again. The same goes for any chair legs that could be used for self-defense, or heck, something inside of the filing cabinets that you walk past. Remember, you are stuck in a maze. Everything can have multiple uses. For instance, when Kane's walking up the fire escape, his camera catches a glimpse of a hole in the ceiling that's created by an air duct. Air ducts, as you can probably guess, tend to lead to the outside of buildings. So again, having that ladder or rope might have helped him to investigate that. When he comes across a cavernous section of the back rooms, those same items could have helped him get across the chasm to the other side. If he had a ladder, he could have dropped down into the apartment area that we see here, allowing him to more efficiently look for food and water. Sure, nothing might come of any of these options, but again, it's more likely to work than just wandering around aimlessly surrounded by repetitive yellow wallpaper. Last, but certainly not least, don't take any one-way exits unless you absolutely have to. While running away from the monster, Kane ends up sprinting deep into the catacombs only to find a hole that he jumps down into. It was the right decision in the moment because he was being chased, but had he just found the hole, this would have left him vulnerable, because it's a decision that he can't easily reverse. Again, document on the walls with your keys or whatever that the hole is this way, but only come back to it if nothing else seems to be working. Again, the last thing you want to do is to corner yourself. So, there you have it, friends. How to survive the back rooms in six easy steps. One, have a maze-solving strategy. Two, mark your path using whatever's on you. Three, equip yourself with anything and everything that you can find. Four, ceilings, wires, and air ducts are gonna be your friend. Five, never take a one-way path. Always have at least two ways out. And six, if you absolutely have to, use the disjointed, confusing layout defensively when being attacked. Using all of those tactics, you have the best chance possible of escaping this nightmare scenario. And hey, look on the bright side. If you ever get thirsty, you have as much moist carpet water to drink as you could possibly want. But hey, that's just a theory. A film theory. And cut.